0: welcome to the Super Special Grown-Up Podcast with myself, Rebecca, and Ingrid. I call her Ingrid, just so you know if you hear me calling her Ingrid because I always do, not wondering if there's somebody else. And as you know, this podcast is only for grown-ups, it is not for children. Um, that no. is why it is called the Super Special Grown-Up Podcast, and it also does not reflect the views and opinions of the Shaler North Hills Library. It only reflects the opinions of
1: us. And here's why that's especially important today: is today's topic is moral dilemmas.
0: Oh, oh. and where did we find these moral dilemmas, Ingrid?
1: On the goggle. <laughs> <laughs> the librarian's secret tool, Goggle, which we are going to learn about more at our library. We're going to leap into the... Yeah, it's goggle going to be good. Sphere. And I wish... This is another time. I can't tell you how many times I wish... And I know you do, too, Mrs. Paz, our viewer. Our listener. Our listener. Our listener is that you could also be a viewer. Because Miss Rebecca, I just love her shoes. Thanks. I just love them. And... I, it's not time for me to get a new pair of tennis shoes. But, but it I is because Ingrid them. bought
0: bought beautiful shoes. They're predominantly white, and then they have color bits on them. But you can see her socks through them, not because it has holes, but because it has that, like, meshy bit. Mesh, And she runs outside, and she's going to need shoes where, because if if I can see her socks, the cold air can see her socks. And touch them.
1: Yes. Woo! So. so, today, knowing what we don't know about our Enneagram types, keep that in <laughs> mind as, as, we're, as we're exploring this. Uh, we have some, and you maybe have heard of some of these moral dilemmas, but here is a moral dilemma that I'm going to lay on Miss Rebecca right now. Mm-hmm. You go out with your husband for dinner. We're going to make it even more personal. We're going to use Miss Rebecca's husband's name, George. Hey. So you go out with George for dinner at a new restaurant you have not frequented before. Something we would not do. Which you wouldn't do. <laughs> it, it's, it's in a part of town that you very rarely visit, which again, you wouldn't do that. But you're shocked to see your friend's spouse having dinner with a very young, attractive person. Apparently, your friend isn't very young or very attractive. (laughs) Uh, From the way they're behaving, it's obvious that they're more than friends, as the middle school kids say. The couple finish their meal and leave without seeing you. They behave very affectionately on the way out the door. Do you tell your friend knowing you probably will not be believed and that it may ruin your friendship, or say nothing about seeing the couple as it is none of your business. They may even have an open relationship.
0: Well, I guess...
1: Or none of those stupid well, suggestions.
0: <laughs> well, my first thought is, if I... I mean, this just is a scenario that would never happen. We wouldn't go to a new restaurant. We wouldn't go to an area we just don't usually go to that's you know outside seven mile radius of our home um we really don't have friends <laughs> like we, so ne- this is so like, fictitious but i feel like i feel like i would tell tell my fake friend my fictitious friend but then in the description how it says your friend would have probably wouldn't believe you then i think what are my friends with this person for if if they think i would like friver frivolously tell them just make up a lie let's make up a lie that is always doing that that will fracture the foundation of their life and, and, and I have to think too, well, if we're such good friends with them and they have an open marriage, what's wrong with George and us? that we don't know that, like and we like have not been like, "Hey guys, hey,
1: yeah, you know, if you ever see us out, yeah,, gosh, that's so good, so I mean it's just let's make it even more personal. What if you and George were out at? a restaurant and you saw my sweet babu with someone and it was obvious that they were more than friends would you tell me yes okay all right okay all right so that it's totally different when you put like a like a person on it well no
0: i would oh. Yes, but I would also, but that's not a real situation either. It could be. But it isn't.
1: But it, I mean, it didn't happen yet. But, but yeah, it could happen. But it won't. It could. That
0: person would not go out. I mean, if there was no COVID. <laughs> if there was no COVID. Let's move on. All right, okay. Here's scroll now ask me. All right, someone. scroll
1: and ask me. Go ahead.
0: You and... <laughs> You and your family love the beach and decide to spend a weekend at an isolated beach cabin. Your teenage daughter often gets bored on your getaway, so you make plans to take your niece along. As soon as you arrive, a storm is looming on the horizon and the water looks rough. You tell the girls they can get ready to swim. (laughs) But to come back and help, wait, you tell the girls they can get ready to swim, but to come back and help unload the car. They are so excited they do not pay attention to the last part of what you say and run down to the beach to swim. Probably because it didn't make sense. You do not realize they have done so until you hear your daughter scream. You realize they're both caught in a strong current and might be swept out to sea. You're a good swimmer and know you can save one of them. You have a difficult choice to make. Do you? Wow, <laughs> that was so horrible. But you tell the girls they can get ready to swim. But two seconds later, you you didn't you didn't even know you do not realize they have done so until you hear your daughter scream. I mean, but you told them, dude. This is just absolutely ridiculous. That's so stupid. Okay, this well, is, answer it. I would just swim out there and see which one I could save. Huh. I'd say the one that I could. What does it matter between your daughter or your niece? Well, I'm assuming they're both in the same place. But if they're not.
1: Well, I don't know how you would choose. It's my fault that they're... I would swim out there and I would die with them. (laughs) Like, I mean, seriously. Because I'm the one... I, I would just be like... I would just be like, just float on me. Like, I, I, I just can't even believe that. I mean, there would be other things. So, basically, yeah, what it boils down to, I mean, you can say all these other things, like, I would get somebody to come out with me, or I would, you know what I mean? Like, I would make my uncle come out, or whoever I'm with, or if because it does say family, you know? But, basically, what they want to know, and have done a stupid way of asking... Who are you going to pick? I... Wow, it's like Sophie's Choice, isn't it? Um, I don't think so. Jeez. Uh, <sighs> Dude, I don't know. I mean, I would hope that I would know my daughter and my niece well enough to know what they would want, and so I would think, like, like I'm thinking, like, okay, say that, say that's me, and my, say my mother is in my place, okay, all right, yeah, but and you, it's, it's her you, and her niece. You're
0: needs. picking,
1: right, 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 okay, but you're the mother. Here, here's what I'm trying to get. Here's what I'm trying to point out. Like, say my mother was the one we were asking this question to. Okay, my mother would say she would save her niece because she would know, knowing me and loving me, that I would be okay with dying because I I I'm, I know I'm returning to love and I and I know I know my niece my when you were
0: teenage cousin is too yeah I mean these are kids
1: yeah 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 I mean, so i I would I would have to know so I would hope that I would know, and I would contemplate which teenager w- what their desire would be, and then I would try to go with that, so I don't know which one, but I would choose a non selfish way, I would try to think of their best interests and their desires. So, because I'd be mad! Like, say I was the teenage daughter and my mom just saved me and didn't save my cousin if if my cousin wasn't as, as assured, you know what I mean? Like, I know my cousin would be totally fine, you know, because my cousin will be returned to love, too. But But if she didn't Understand that yet. I guess it wouldn't matter because she'd be there. But yeah, I'd try to make the most uh, informed choice of all. That is a tough one though, but it's a stupidly worded question.
0: It's such a stupidly
1: worded question. And here's yours. You are in charge of the petty cash at the library. However, Lisa is responsible for making the weekly trip to the bank to make the business deposit and get petty cash for the next week. In a conversation with Eileen, you are asked if the increase in petty cash amount was enough. You, however, have not seen additional money. You realize your coworker has been pocketing the additional money. Do you tell your supervisor that you have neither asked for nor gotten any additional petty cash? And that you suspect your co-worker is pocketing the money. Tell your co-worker your suspicions and give him a chance to pay the money back. Say nothing and just see what happens.
0: Well, I feel another scenario that's just so far I know! So, so I feel like if I were involved in this in any way, it would be on the bare fringes. And my initial thought is, I wouldn't know enough about these deposits and petty cash to know, mm. you know, to, like, to, like, make that as, that solid assumption. Right. So I don't, I feel like I I trust the deposit person. Is that what? I don't.
1: Trust the person making the deposit so you'd be like.
0: Yeah, so I'd be like, well, they know what they're doing. Right, right. Like, know. maybe, yeah, yeah. This isn't, like, my wheelhouse. Like, right, I right.
1: Like, I didn't... And how do you know that your mutual supervisor, like, got it wrong and doesn't know, like, maybe maybe there hasn't... Maybe it hasn't been increased yet. Like, you know how sometimes, like...
0: Or maybe somebody dipped in it to go buy Google. Right, right, I don't... Right. Like, I... Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't say I keep right. accounting of it. Like, so... I think I just see what happens. Yeah, like, it's because not like
1: your co-worker is, like, the president and, like, cheats on taxes or anything.
0: Yeah, or is just completely
1: corrupt, right. That's so like, weird. the board. Yeah right. yeah, right.
0: Yeah, they're, like, a, yeah. a decent
1: like having,
0: yeah. human being. Right, right. So, I, w- I feel like I would think, well, they're doing what needs to be
1: done. Yeah. I, I mean, see. yeah, this kind of gives the assumption that people are, like, bad. Yeah. That's why we switched.
0: Oh, where are we now? We're right here on
1: this one.
0: You are an eyewitness to a crime. A man has robbed a bank, but instead of keeping the money for himself, he donates it to a poor orphanage that can now afford to feed, clothe, and care for its children. You know who committed the crime. If you go to the authorities with the information, there's a good chance the money will be returned to the bank, leaving a lot of kids in need. What do you do? I know what you do. You don't do anything. You let it go. I wouldn't do anything. No, you wouldn't do anything. Say nothing since the money went to what you deem a good cause. But I would say... uh,
1: I would talk to the person who took it, though, and be like, hey, dude, let's see if there's some other way we can figure out how to sustain this in a way that's not taking from people because the bank people are people, too. and and the 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 people people on the the other side
0: of the bank accounts money you just took.
1: I don't know if I would be... Banks aren't are horrible. So I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I wouldn't do either one. I would talk to the robber and and encourage him or her to...
0: Now, what, though, if this robber had money, access to money... And, and, a, and attorneys who knew things about robberies and how to do, like, legal robberies with loopholes and things, then would it be okay? So it'd be, like, fake money? Kind of. Like, why wouldn't the robber just use these loopholes?
1: I would have to talk to the robber to figure this out. Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: I would have to, I'd have to get, I'd have, first, I, maybe it's just because I'm a librarian. Like, I have to find out more information, (laughs) you know? Information. Because, like, I know, like, sometimes when I was a pastor working with youth, they would come and they would say things like, hey, I did something, but I can't tell you. This actually happened, like, three times. Like, I can't tell you. I'm only, you got to promise you won't tell anybody, you know? And, like, I would be like, well, hey, here's the deal. Like, if it's something, and I'm sure you've had to do that, too, with, like, Alyssa or whatever. Maybe be like, dude, I can't, like, not, I can't make that promise without knowing what it is. But I promise that I'll support you and then help you if you need to tell somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. So we'll work on it together. So that's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a dumb picture of Robin Hood. Of Robin
1: Hood, I know. I know. Alright, you have a job as a network administrator for a company that employs your best friend's husband. One day, your best friend's husband sends you a message asking you to release an email from quarantine. This requires that you open the email, at which point you discover that it's between this guy and his secret lover.
0: Oh my god! After,
1: <laughs> uh, we already did this one. Don't you think... I think so. Yeah, I already did
0: that one. Who are all these people having affairs? I know.
1: You've been on a cruise for two days when there's an accident that forces everyone to abandon ship. During the evacuation, one of the boats is damaged, leaving it with a hole that fills with water. You figure that with ten people in the boat, you can keep the boat afloat by having nine people scoop the water out by hand for ten minutes while the ten person rests. After that person's 10-minute rest, he or she will get back to work while the other person rests, and so on. This will keep the boat from sinking long enough for a rescue team to find it, as long as you find it within five hours. You're taking your first break, B-R-A-K-E, when you notice (laughs) that your best friend in a sound lifeboat with only nine people in it, and he beckons you to swim over and join them, so you won't have to keep bailing water out. If you leave the people in the sinking boat, they'll only be able to stay afloat for two hours instead of five, decreasing their chance of being rescued. But secure yours. What do you do? I just stay in the boat. Why am I jumping into the into the ocean? Dude, yeah, that's dumb. It's dumb for I mean, many uh, reasons. We it's, have a
0: system, don't totally we? It's totally
1: rude. It's working. It's totally fine.
0: See, my reasoning was more selfish, too. Like, I... I've got a fine thing going. I'll stay here. I'm good. I'm going to jumping not into the ocean. Yeah, because there are going to be sharks in the ocean. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm not a risk taker. Yeah, that's all right. I'm good. That's all I right. I get a ten-minute nap. I'm fine. Yeah. Because <laughs> one of these people will probably freak out and get out, too. Right, right. You're involved in a two-car crash on your way to work one morning in which you accidentally hit and kill a pedestrian. Oh my gosh. As you you get out of the car, you are intercepted by a tearful woman who seems to think that she hit and killed the pedestrian. You're not sure why she thinks she hit the person, but she is convinced. There's only you, the woman, and the person you hit on the road. There are no witnesses. There's always witnesses. You know that whoever is deemed responsible will probably be sent to jail. What do you do? Do you confess your responsibility? You wouldn't be able to live with the guilt of an innocent person being jailed for a crime you committed, or let the woman take the blame. The thought of being locked away from your life and family is too much to bear.
1: Dude, I'm going to jail. Yeah. I deserve to go to jail. Yeah.
0: Could you imagine sticking
1: on that poor broad?
0: No, you couldn't live with yourself. No way. Gosh, my bad. Oh, here's the ocean. that
1: terrible one about that girl. It's the same one. Can you believe that? No. It's the same one. All right, you are an EMT on the scene of a car crash that involves your spouse and the lover. You didn't know she had. he had. Oh my gosh! They're both! All these injured. people having affairs! I know! They're both gravely injured, but your spouse's injuries are the worst of them. You can tell it's unlikely that they will pull through. Meanwhile, the lover has a neck wound that will prove fatal if pressure isn't applied soon. Who are you going to work on? My husband. Even though he's gonna die. Yeah,
0: I don't know who's this chick. She's a
1: stranger.
0: I'm I would put my husband. Oh wait, I'm an EMT. Yeah. Oh. Wow.
1: Yeah. What? That's the that's the catch. I forgot
0: I'm an EMT. Yeah. I, mean, I, I probably have some sort of duty. Well, yeah. I'm. I probably have a partner with me.
1: Yeah, you'd always have a partner like you. I feel like
0: I'd still work on my husband. And then maybe my EMT career would come to an end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're not even going to some of these, man. You
0: are a doctor at a top hospital. You have six gravely ill patients, five of whom are in urgent need of organ transplants. You can't help them, though, because there are no available organs that can be used to save their lives. The sixth patient, however, will die without a particular medicine. If they die, you will be able to save the other five patients by using the organs of patient six, who is an organ donor. What do you do? Do you keep patient six comfortable, but do not give him the medical care that could save his life in order to save the other five patients, or save patient six and let the other five die? It's unfortunate, but that's not your call to make.
1: Well, again, I would try to gather some more information. <laughs> like, if pa- I would not plant the seed in patient six's thing, but say that patient six had already said... Dude, I'm just so ready. Like, I I, I just, this is ridiculous, and I have, like, all these nice organs. You know what I mean? I have all these (laughs) Like, I have a Kimball that can play, like, just like it's in a cathedral. You know what I mean? I mean, dude, like, I just really wish I could do this. Well, I think
0: doctors take oaths, too. I think they
1: take oaths. So so they have, like,
0: all sorts of obligations. Whatever
1: the oath is, I'll go with the oath, because I made the oath, I guess.
0: You do no harm. So, to intentionally let someone die. With
1: withhold. You.
0: But I guess, do you do no harm to everybody? Or is it like individually? Because if you let this one person yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's a little harm, but here's what right. is good. Right. Or what if those five people don't have real good chances? Right, right. Well, it's your question.
1: Well,. I would have to say this is one instance when I'm glad that I am not good at math or science, so I would never be a doctor. But I think that a great fear and reason why people don't become organ donors is because of situations like this. Yes! Like they think that people would do that, and I don't think that's what it's intended to be, you know? um
0: i don't think that's what it actually is either though yeah i feel like it's kind of the same fears like i'm scared i'll get buried alive oh you like think they'll so? think i'm dead but they're not just because it's such an unknown yeah like even saying you'd be an organ donor it's still like that unknown of like well, what leads me up to that point yeah. where where right. my organs are being considered, like right, no, right. I don't even you know? think about that. Like, how did I, How did I get here? Who's looking at my paperwork? Yeah,
1: whoa, just
0: like being dead. Where am I dead? where they? Am I dead? Did they make sure? Did they poke me? Is there like a test?
1: <laughs> Which you know,
0: those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, I heard this story once about this guy. I don't. Do I want really to know? No, it's a fake story. Okay. It's a fiction story. It's a scary story. And he was buried with a, like a rope so that he could pull it on a bell it and ring a bell. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's it's, a good one in that Stephen King if it bleeds. Oh yeah? Mm-hmm. You would like that. I'm
1: gonna try that.
0: You would like try it.
1: That. Well There's four four
0: stories I think.
1: I would not because this would be actively hurting this person by withholding the information, medicine. the medicine.
0: And you don't know, maybe it won't work and they'll die anyway.
1: And then I'd have killed... Everybody. Seven people. But you
0: wouldn't have killed. You're doing the best by all of them. And if they're waiting for organs...
1: Yeah. These are some interesting dilemmas. Interesting dilemmas. Some not so much. Some not so much. There's... But let's do one classic one. There are classic dilemmas. All right, the classic dilemma, the teaching dilemma. Here it is: deciding where to go for dinner on a first date. No, I don't what? think so. Oh no, that's not. All right. Wait. What? No, i I have no this? idea what this what is. What is this? Here we go. Classical dilemma. I don't understand this. Romeo and Juliet. Classic dilemma. Romeo discovers through an illiterate servant that there's going to be a party... I feel like that
0: was an unnecessary...
1: Yeah, like ...illiterate servant, (laughs) that there's going to be a party at the Capulet's home that evening. He discovers that his one true love, Rosaline's name, is on the guest list. He must decide whether or not to crash the party to see her again.
0: Um... Is that a dilemma?
1: I'm That's stupid. I feel like they you know kind of know
0: what happens before that ends.
1: I think, but what her name was Rosalita? I thought her name was Juliet.
0: But I think then he like saw mm. Juliet and was like forget.
1: Wait now Rosalita. this this yeah. Michael has had several had several friends, including Roger and Dan. Roger has recently met and started dating a wonderful lady named. Oh, jeez! He's convinced this is a long-term relationship. Unknown to Roger. He was at the restaurant oh with Rebecca, and no, oh, you know. I really just
0: I don't understand. I don't think all these cheating, se- like it is there, uh, like is. Are these people's lives?
1: <laughs> Wait, now here's one presented to Harvard students. Okay? Well, then. it's one based on Kohlberg. Joe is a 14 year old boy who wanted to go to camp very much. His dad promised him he could if he saved up the money for himself. So he worked hard at his paper route and saved up $40 to go to camp, and a little more besides. But just before camp was going to start, his dad changed his mind. <gasps> Some of his friends decided to go to a special fishing trip, and Joe's father was short the money it would cost. So he told Joe to give him the money he saved from the paper route. Joe didn't want to give up going to camp, so he thinks of refusing to give his dad the money. In Europe, a woman was near death of a special kind of cancer. What? <laughs> Is Joe sending her 40 I guess 40 it's a different one. So, was that right or wrong?
0: Well, I'm confused now on the camp or the fishing trip.
1: I think... So, Joe
0: can't go to camp because his dad doesn't have enough money to, like, match him, and some of his friends are going on a fishing trip?
1: No, like, Joe saved up the money to go to camp and was told that he could go to camp if he saved up for 40 bucks. Yeah. But now Joe's dad needs 40 bucks to go on the fishing trip. Uh no. So is it right for Joe's dad to be like, dude? I'm taking the money. No. Okay.
0: Clearly not. All right. Why would it be? Uh, why would why would Joe's dad get the money?
1: Because Joe's I guess, dad like, told
0: Joe if he saved up the money, he could go to camp.
1: Right, right. But is it okay for Joe's dad to change his mind? Like, can the kid? Can, well, can the kid refuse him? I guess that's the thing.
0: I feel like the kid should be able to absolutely refuse him. Okay. I mean, sure, because it's not even explaining what a different circumstance, what caused joe's dad to say nope can't go to camp hey but i'm gonna go on a fishing trip give me the money you earned that sounds like uh uh not great super special gr- that sounds like a super, super spe- special super special grown-up
1: dude i wish we would have started with these dilemmas yeah we should gone with harvard rather than
0: that's cool i feel like that's clearly no like, I do feel like no. Respect's right. a two way street.
1: And some other people, I could see other people making the argument. I agree with you. But I could see other people making the argument no, you know, the father has kind of an authoritarian way of looking at dilemmas. And the father saying, you know, no, it's what dad says goes.
0: Yeah, but. Know? But that doesn't make it right.
1: Right, right. But but you I'm sure you know people who where Yeah argue that but it's yeah. not right. Yeah. I mean I some, agree.
0: Sometimes there's just right and wrong and it doesn't matter what your viewpoint is, you're just wrong.
1: I agree. Why I
0: mean, would you do that to your kid? I feel like like to be in a position of power responsibly and ethically, right. you need you need to be, have goodwill. You need to work with those, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, below you. Right. As if they were not. You know, like you, you work together. It's just not a my way or the highway situation. Right. Especially in something so petty. Like, what? You, you, but you told, right. you told this kid one thing. Then you say no. Then you say gimme.
1: And I for remember, yourself.
0: so I, you're I, selfish. I,
1: I remember kind of learning about like this that guy, that Colbert guy, and like there's, but there are people who are kind of like stuck in that first. And I'm sure we all know them. And that you know, like, well, no, this is right because the dad's the head of the household, and that's what it is, and 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 you can see the results of that.
0: And even if going, there is yeah, a head of the household. Yeah. That doesn't mean right. you're always right, you know. Right. Like it's
1: right, right.
0: right. Ah, to be great. No, I, I,
1: I agree with you. I agree. All right, don't ask me that one. In
0: Europe, a woman was near death from a special kind a special kind of cancer. There was one drug that the doctors thought might save her. It was a form of radium that a druggist in the same town had recently discovered. The drug was expensive to make, but the druggist was charging ten times what the drug cost him to make. Oh, it's like America. He paid yeah. $400 for the radium and charged 4000 for a small dose of the drug. The sick woman's husband, Hines, went to everyone he knew to borrow the money and tried every legal means, but he could only get together a $2,000, which is half of what it cost. He told the druggist that his wife was dying and asked him to sell it cheaper or let him pay later, but the druggist said, no, I discovered the drug and I'm going to make money from it. So, having tried every legal means, Heinz gets desperate and considers breaking into the man's store to steal the drug for his wife. Have at it, Heinz? What are you saying?
1: I I would agree, and I, I remember this dilemma and sharing this with my mother, who was very um, she was very black and white about theft, and it was these kinds of cases on which, in which she would be gray, A- and and she was like,
0: because it's totally yeah,
1: right, 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 yeah, like if you were stealing it for something, uh, like
0: like to sell on the street, right, to
1: sell on the street or whatever. But
0: what if you were stealing it to sell on the street? cheaper so people who needed it could afford it
1: so i think that's okay too yeah because this is not is, right
0: but then right. you go through your legal channels right and but it's like probably the drug maker gives money to the people who right. work in right. the legal right. channels right.
1: Uh, which is why capitalism is i'm
0: all wound terrible. up no i question, agree sorry. i agree
1: no i completely agree with you how about it how about it
0: i get wound up sometimes
1: have at it Judy was a 12-year-old girl. Her mother promised her she could go to a special rock concert coming to their town if she saved up money from babysitting and lunch money to buy a ticket. She managed to save up the $15, this must have been a long time ago, yeah. plus another 5 But then her mother changed her mind and said that she had to spend the money on new clothes for school. Judy was disappointed and decided to go to the concert anyway. She bought a ticket and told her mother that she'd only been able to save $5. That Saturday, she went to the performance and told her mother she was spending a day with a friend. A week passed without her mom finding out. Judy then told her older sister, Louise, Louise. she'd gone to the performance and had lied to her mom. Louise wonders whether to tell her mother what Judy did.
0: Mom, no, I say, no. No, Louise, keep it tight with your sister.
1: It's like, keep it tight, yeah.
0: That's what I think. I mean, it's questionable that she's 12. But once again, but you said she could do something, and then you said, nope, nope, you can't do that. Now you need to use that for this.
1: Well, I know. I totally know what you're saying, and I'm sorry to step in on your question. Oh,
0: my gosh, I bamboozled yours.
1: No, but then I was thinking, hey, maybe Judy's mom was like, oh, my gosh, dude, like, we don't have any money.
0: But they didn't say that.
1: No, I know, I know. So if I would, did she not know that? Maybe something happened. Like maybe, like she got a speeding ticket, or maybe like taxes, and she's not the president, so she paid <laughs> them. You know what I mean? Like maybe that happened, or maybe like property taxes went up. I guess. Or they got sick. Oh my gosh!
0: How can the president not pay taxes? And then how can you when received to be responsible? If that would happen, it's like who cares what anybody does anymore? Because
1: that's not that's probably just (laughs) fake. But um, so what? One thing that you might want to consider doing. Is Lee's talking to Judy about it and being like, dude, like, I want to keep tight with you because you're my sister, and I will, I will, I will, because I want you to be able to trust me and come to me and all that jazz. But I am a little concerned because you're like 12, and like, and I don't And mom has that crack addiction. I don't and and mom has know the know crack what you're going to do anyway right, I wanted right, to right, steal right, the
0: money right. from your Hello Kitty purse. Yeah, you
1: just don't know because you don't know. But that's how you would find out, you know? But I, I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. How about this? Tony, a data man, data analyst. Wait, I'm asking you. Oh, yeah, okay.
0: Tony, a data analyst for a major casino is working after normal business hours to finish an important project. He realizes that he is missing data that had been sent to his coworker, Robert. Tony had inadvertently observed Robert typing his password several days ago and decides to log into Robert's computer and resend the data to himself. Upon doing so, Tony sees an open email regarding gambling bets Robert placed over the last several days with a local sports book. All employees of the casino are forbidden to engage in gambling activities to avoid any hint of conflict of interest. Tony knows he should report this, but would have to admit to violating the company's information technology regulations by logging into Robert's computer. And if he warns Robert to stop his betting, he would also have to reveal the source of his information. What? What? does Tony do in this situation?
1: Uh, Yeah, Tony... Well... Why did Tony... Oh. Tony... Tony acts... Tony wasn't going out to be a jerk when he logged into Robert's computer.
0: Yeah, but he was...
1: He shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't it. have done it. And then he shouldn't have kept looking. Strucker. Dude, I would come... Uh, I'd come clean with Robert. And be like, dude, here's what happened. And I'd just tell him the truth. And just be like, dude, like, do you need some help with like the bedding thing? Because maybe, maybe Robert, like is really, like, screwed up, like, with his addiction and stuff.
0: Maybe he and Judy's mom are hitting the town and spending yeah, too so much money. That is true. And the bookies are coming after them, and that's why Judy wanted to steal, or Judy's mom wanted to steal Judy's concert ticket that, money.
1: Dude, I bet that's what it is. It probably had to be a terrible concert anyway. <laughs> like, uh, she's 12. That was yeah. Rough. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, Uh, okay, so Alan works in the claims department of a major hospital. Paperwork on a recent admission shows that a traumatic mugging caused the patient to require an adjustment in the medication she is prescribed to control anxiety and mood swings. Alan is struck by the patient's unusual last name, and upon checking her employment information, realizes she's one of his daughter's grade school teachers. Alan's daughter seems very happy in her school, and he can't violate patient confidentiality by telling the school of the teacher's mental illness. But he's not comfortable with potentially unstable person in a position of influence and supervision over his eight-year daughter. Can Alan reconcile these issues in an ethical manner? Um,
0: Alan needs to talk to a therapist. Yeah. Because... I don't know. When were these questions written? Like 1932? But yay for the teacher recognizing that they. Yeah, but there are people who still think this.
1: You know what I mean?
0: You know, she recognized she needed a little bit of assistance. Yeah. She got it. And, uh, you know, Alan needs help.
1: Dude, Alan's a jerk. Yeah. Wow. Dude, this has been pretty good.
0: Yeah, that was interesting.
1: We Let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about what we're reading. Okay. All right. Bye.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. And we're back. Hooray. It is Ingrid and Rebecca with the Super Special Grown-Up Podcast. And just remember, as the title says, this is for grown-ups only. And our Hooray. opinions do not Reflect those of the Sheila North Hills Library. So Yay. now we're going to talk about what we have been reading and listening to this week. Ingrid?
1: Yes. Okay. So last week, I don't know if I didn't make a reference to this book, but uh, a, a woman who used to come here a long time ago and then came here this week told me about the book Unorthodox which is now a Netflix series um and it is The Scandalous Rejection of My Hasidic Roots by Deborah Feldman and I am listening to this now and it is uh, I'm not like quite into it that far but it it's a little bit like leaving the witness a little bit. So
0: it's a little bit
1: horrible. Like, here's a story <laughs> to tell. Here's definite, definitely a story to tell. But perhaps she should have had some help telling it. That's the only thing. Are you going to break up with it? I'm not going to break up with it because it's not nearly as bad as leaving the witness, like it <laughs> leaving is the witness very was interesting.
0: Pretty.
1: Cool. Leaving the witness, my vagina, such as it is. <laughs> what? And that's a quote from Leaving the Witness.
0: So that sums it up for Leaving the
1: Witness. Yeah. And I just finished um, a really great. Did I, did I talk about Isaiah? Isaiah Dunn is a hero. Is my hero.
0: Um, I don't know if you talked about it here. That
1: was a fantastic middle school book. I'll put the link to that. Just wonderful book. Um, and Voltaire's Magus, which is very interesting. And I'd love to hear anybody who has read Micromagus help me understand what it is about.
0: Has anybody read it?
1: I don't know anyone that's read it. I have asked many people, like like First Lady who reads everything and was an English teacher like at Purdue. And like dude, no.
0: That sounds horrible. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, have you ever read This Convenience Store Woman? I would definitely listen to that. I don't think so. By Sayaka Murata about a woman who works in a convenience store. Um and that is her job. and it's very that would interesting. be interesting. It, it's it's quite good. It's fiction. Um, and she is, I mean, from from listening to it, um, she's on the spectrum. And it's interesting how people they like judge her for that being her job, you know. Mm. Um, it, it's it's quite good. So I recommend convenience to a woman. And Isaiah Dunn is my hero by Kelly Baptist, and the verdict is still out on Deborah Feldman's unorthodox, the scandalous. How far into it are you, City Cruits? I am about, uh, three hours of eleven hours. I
0: think. So you're into it. I'm in. You're into it.
1: I'm into it, and it's just that she. and she's
0: the narrator she's
1: the narrator Uh, and sometimes the
0: author should not be the
1: narrator right right so maybe that's it maybe if somebody else would have helped her tell the story and read the story it might have been different
0: really three hours and
1: yeah got ways to go yeah how about you, Miss Rebecca?
0: Well, currently on my old-fashioned books on CD in my car, I'm listening to The Outsider by Stephen King, and I'm loving it. I could just go and sit out in the in the parking lot and listen to it. I've really I, – I enjoy Stephen King, and I think he's an awesome storyteller. Just amazing. And earlier in the week, I finished listening to Through Hoopla – Demi Moore's memoir called Inside Out that I really enjoyed and I read Winter Counts by David Heska Wanbley Wyden.
1: All right wait okay I need to grab The Outsider. I'm really liking
0: it. Okay. This will be my third wait maybe just my second Stephen King this year because I think the Institute was last year.
1: And then um Demi Moore, what was the name of her?
0: Inside Out.
1: Inside Out. Yep,
0: quick quick lesson through Hoopla.
1: Okay. I
0: like a good celebrity memoir.
1: I loved Robert Wagner's.
0: I love Jessica Simpson's.
1: Um Inside Out. And the last one? Well,
0: I didn't listen to it, but I read it, called Winter Counts.
1: Winter Counts. And do you want to share anything about what these are about?
0: Winter Counts takes place on uh, Navajo Reservation, current day. And it it was very interesting. I really... Well, I liked it. I didn't really like it, but I liked it. I was entertained, and I I just didn't know where it would go, or, you know, I would be surprised. I can say there were some, hmm. I wonder if I still have a picture of it. Some stilted sentences. Okay. Like, you know, I don't know that it was written for me. Okay. You know, the main character was... He's kind of a vigilante, okay. and he had his spider knife. I guess that's a brand of knife, so whenever it's, riff, you know, talked about as spider knife, it was capitalized, S-P-Y-D-E-R. In oh. one particular paragraph, I have my spider knife, period, and my fists, period, end of paragraph. And my eyes just rolled way up into my head at the toughness of this ah, <laughs>
1: character, but I liked it. You know, I
0: liked it. Like I said, I don't. Not every be- book. I really don't think not every book is written for everybody, and that's no, fine. It's true. There's so many. This was not. This was not written for me. But I liked it, and I wouldn't be surprised if the the main character surface again. Cool, cool. And then I also read. And it was really good. A YA graphic novel, novel Superman Smashes the Clan.
1: Oh, that sounds good. Who wrote that? Jean Luen Yang. Oh, Superman Smashes the Clan. Which is true. That's yeah. a nonfiction one, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: well, no, it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's cataloged in fiction, but the back of it gives you all the behind yeah. the scenes of that really how Superman yeah. played such a big role. Like, totally. It, yeah. Yeah. So that, I, I like that. That was good. That was a good, I mean, I enjoy a good graphic novel.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Excellent. Those are so what I have in the show notes are links to the Goodread pages for these. I can't remember what I said. Isaiah Dunn. Yep. And the Unorthodox and the
0: Convenience Store and Oh like yeah, convenience Zola store. Zola Nicola woman. or something.
1: And MicroMegas. That just sounds horrible. So I Why did you read that? Um What's that for? here's why i read it
0: what's the behind the scenes
1: behind the scenes is there is
0: a house on the cerulean sea read too i did
1: love the house on the cerulean sea but we did already i definitely would would recommend to everyone anybody but the thing is the micro magus is one of the bedtime stories that is on audible but some of them are not like the complete book um but this one is. And so I first started reading it, and they're meant to like help you go to sleep.
0: So they're boring?
1: Well, they're not. They don't usually have an ending or a beginning, and they're read by these incredible. Um, so
0: it's just so you can listen to someone talk? It's just talk so you can you listen to, to, to someone
1: talk as you go to bed. But this one captured my interest so much.
0: Is it about tiny dinosaurs?
1: That I listened to it in the daytime. Hmm. It is a story of a man from outer space who is about a hundred football fields tall and he is banished from his kingdom because his person on his at his court is like the leader is like a big jerk and like a small minded person. So he flies around the solar system. And he comes here. trying. yeah, well he does. He does at the end, but, but trying to find Different sources of wisdom so. and okay. stuff. So it's pretty interesting, but I'm not exactly sure, like, what the exactly.
0: But it's so, interesting but it and different.
1: It is interesting That's and interesting. different. And so, yeah. Um, moral dilemmas, but our moral dilemmas were very dilemma. We've been gone forever. <laughs> I don't know how to spell dilemma, do you? Uh,
0: D I L. Still E-M-A-S?
1: Mm, close. Yeah, that's it. Moral Dilemmas.
0: Maybe I should enter a B.
1: I think mean, you should.
0: That's that, awesome. That would be very sweaty.
1: This is season two, episode...
0: I think this is our longest episode Two, ever.
1: I think. Our longest episode. And Mrs. Paz, we thank you for <laughs> listening and
0: let us know if you ever ever read or listen oh wait to no this early. is the
1: third one wow this is our third wow. of season three last week season title was our last last week's episodes was the enneagram made more confusing okay so that's nice okay yeah
0: well thanks listener
1: all right thank you listener <laughs> And have a beautiful week, my friends. And we'll be back. Yeah.